بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله أرسل الله تعالى بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا داعيا إلى الله بإذنه وسراجا منيرا فما بعد فقال تعالى يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون فقال يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوضا عظيما وقال نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه واله وصحبه وسلم ان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدع وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار my respected brothers sisters elders This khutbah today is a summary of the seven khutbah that I did. All of them called the way forward from one to seven. <clears throat> Here I am going to act, highlight the action points only. And anybody who is interested in all the details of that, you can listen to the khutbahs. All of them are on our channel and so on. I want to begin with my gift to you which is my own motto in life I will not allow what is not in my control to prevent me from doing what is in my control I will not allow what is not in my control to prevent me from doing what is in my control and this is based on the reality that, that when we meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu we will not be asked what happened we will be asked what did you do The point I want to begin with and remain with and ask you to keep that in your mind is that all that we are talking about now and we will talk about in the future is about the long haul. There are no shortcuts, there is no instant solution, there is no magic. Whatever situation that we find ourselves in as a Muslim Ummah, whether it is local, whether it is global, whether it is in this place or that place, didn't happen overnight. It did not happen overnight. It took time. In some cases, it took decades. In some cases, it took centuries. And so the solution to that will also take time. Not centuries, may not even be decades, but definitely not weeks. definitely not days definitely not months we are talking about several years i call this a generational project and i am my guess and it's not a a blind guess my guess as a sociologist as a political scientist as a behavioral scientist is that it will take at least two generations but therefore the sooner we start the faster we'll get there and conversely if we don't start then 100 years from now none of us will be here 
But whoever is standing here, if this masjid is still here, inshallah, will say the same thing. That choice is ours. Second big thing is never give up. We do not lose hope. We are the people of hope because we are the people of Allah. We are the people of Tawakkul. So no matter what it looks like on the ground, no matter what it looks like in your life, no matter how much it hurts, we do not give up hope. Because we rely on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalla. Number one. Number two, for us this dunya is not the goal. It is not the ending of life. This is a part of life. Our goal is the akhirah. And therefore if the goal is the akhirah, it means we continue to work. Until when? Until we meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Somebody asked, how do I know if my mission is over? And somebody said to him, if you are alive, it is not over. It's as simple as that. So it requires sustained effort because the balance will tip. This is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make sure the balance will tip. But it takes, and if you remember my Analogy I gave of the actual balance and so on and so on. Listen to that khutbah. Then work only for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is extremely important if you do not want to get discouraged. Because if you are working, if you are saying, if you are doing something, hoping that somebody will praise you, somebody will appreciate it, and that is the source of your energy, then believe me, you are dead from before you began. Work only for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. Nobody else. Don't look for appreciation from the outside world. Look in your own heart. For any building to take shape, as I mentioned before, for any building to take shape, first we need to dig the foundation. And then you need rocks which will go into that foundation, which are ready to go into that foundation to be buried, never to be seen again known only to the builder and nobody else. Without those rocks, that building, no matter how grand, no matter how beautiful the plan, no matter how beautiful anything, that building will never stand. Because how can a building stand without a foundation? And what's a foundation without rocks? There's no such thing. We... This first generation who is starting this have to be prepared to be those rocks. If you are looking to be on the face of the building, beautiful polished granite in, the, in which the shine of which people will see their face, believe me, that's not happening. That cannot happen unless we go into the foundation to be buried forever. Only Allah knows. And I gave you the Lyle from the Seerah, from the Sunnah of not one, but many, many, many Sahaba who chose that. And that is the reason we say La ilaha illallah. That is the reason we are sitting here in the masjid because somebody decided to do it only for the sake of Allah, never to see the benefits of that in a worldly sense. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them every salah, every dua, every ibadah of all of mankind who comes after them. That is our choice. We must be prepared to be those rocks so that the Muslim Ummah may be reconstructed. Let us remember that victory and defeat 
is only decided at the end and is not decided by who is left standing but by which side you stood on. All great successes are built on skin in the game. What you do yourself and take the pain that comes with it because excellence is the capacity to take pain. Legends are not defined by their successes but by how they bounce back from their failures. If ever there was a legend in the truest and most noble sense of the term, it was Rasulullah And nothing in my view illustrates these principles better than his journey to Al-Taif. <clears throat> in the 10th year of revelation, Rasulullah decided to go to Al-Taif to present Islam to the Banu Thaqif. At that time, many of the biggest names of the Sahaba, the Akabirin of the Sahaba, the Sabihun al-Awwalun had already accepted Islam. Abu Bakr and Hamza bin Abdul Muttalib and Umar bin al-Khattab and Uthman bin Affan and Ali bin Abi Talib and Khadijat al-Kubra, all of the big names, radiyallahu anhu ajma'in, may Allah be pleased with all of them, had already accepted Islam. They were already Muslim. And they would have given an arm and a leg. They would have given anything to be entrusted with the job of taking the message of Islam to Banu Sakif. But Rasulullah did not give it to any of them, but went himself with just one companion, Zaid bin Haritha. We all know the story of the journey and all that happened during it, but if we talk about personal commitment to the cause demonstrated by action, there is no finer example. As for resilience, Rasulullah's dua after leaving a taif is testimony to his faith and tawakkul trust and complete reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. This is the very essence of Islam and the standard that we must compare ourselves to. After all, it's the same Allah we worship. Allah has not changed. We have changed. He, he sallallahu alayhi wa begins his dua by glorifying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he says, O oh Allah, to you alone I complain of my helplessness, the scarcity of my resources and my insignificance before mankind. You are the most merciful of the merciful. Arhamur Rahimin. You are the Rabb of the helpless. Rabbul Mustadafeen. Rabbul Masakeen. Rabbul Mazlumeen. And you are the Rabb of the weak. And wa Rabbi. And you are my Rabb. And then he says what he has to say. And after that he ends his dua. With, may it never be that I should incur your anger or that you should be angry with me. Single point of focus. Allah must not be angry with me. That's it. Nothing else. Allah must be pleased with me. One single point of focus. And that is why focus decides success. This light is light. At best, illuminates. Focus it, it becomes laser. Cuts through steel. Same light. Difference, focus. May it never be that I should incur your anger or that you should be angry with me. And there is no power nor resource but yours alone. The whole of Allah, 
This is the essence and the most beautiful example of taqwa and tawakkul that I can imagine. To always be focused on the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. Imagine a situation. See the kind of test. He had been walking for about three days. Taif is 50 miles from, from uh, Makkah. He had been walking for about three days. He reaches there. <clears throat> he and Zaid bin Haritha were then attacked and reviled in public because of which both of them were badly injured, bleeding profusely. And his emotional injuries must have been clearly worse because he was a scion of the most noble and honorable tribe in the Hejaz, the Quraysh, the, the Banu Hashim. And he was a descendant and the grandson of, the, of their most honorable chief, Abdul Muttalib. <clears throat> he was famous and honored among all people before he announced Islam. He was a brave warrior. He was the messenger of Allah who was on a mission as directed by Allah, by His Rabb, to invite people to Islam. He, <coughs> more than anyone on the face of the earth, <coughs> had a right to expect <coughs> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's help and protection. Yet when he reached a taif, he did not see the help of Allah or His protection. <coughs> He was insulted and reviled in public and attacked and injured and had to flee his persecutors. He knew that his Rabb was witness, was seeing real time everything that was happening and that his Rabb Jalla Jalalu had the power to stop it and punish the attackers. Yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his Mashiach, the wisdom of that is known only to Allah, did nothing. There is no example of Ridha bil Qada being pleased with the destiny of Allah that I can imagine that can be better than this. How would this have affected any other person? How would it affect you and me? And that is why studying the seerah is so critically important because the seerah is a treasure beyond measure. My brothers and sisters, I remind myself I knew that everything begins with our building our connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and constantly <laughs> strengthening it. Remaining connected is the key. That requires charging the battery of the heart with dhikr and shukr and sabr and seeing both plenty and difficulty, ease and pain as tests from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our approach to both good and evil must be the same, which is istighfar and tawbah and keeping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's pleasure foremost in dealing with the situation that life presents us with. Rasulullah did three things when he came to Medina. He created a nation based on faith and not tribe. He created a perennial source of funds and he created a structure of leadership. This was the formula <clears throat> which gave the early Muslim community stupendous success and changed their state from being oppressed and despised to becoming the leaders of their world. And this is the formula that we must replicate in our world today. Let us remember that knowledge is not memorizing of data, but change of behavior. If you are a smoker and you learn the 
evils of cigarettes, being able to recite that whole lesson extempore doesn't make you learned. To be learned about cigarette smoking is to give it up and persuade others to do the same. <coughs> now apply this to everything in life, especially the deen. Because the knowledge of the scholar must be reflected in his or her behavior. Without that, it doesn't matter how much they know, except that unpracticed knowledge will become a witness against us. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be pleased with us and to help us to do that which pleases Him. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen Wa salatu wa salamu ala ashrafil anbiyai wal mursaleen Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam Tasliman kathiran kathira Fama badu Qala ta'ala inna allaha wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabi Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu tasliman Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala Ali Muhammad Kama salli ta'ala Ibrahima wa ala Ali Ibrahima inna kahmidun majid Allahumma barik ala Muhammadin wa ala Ali Muhammad Kama barik ta'ala Ibrahima wa ala Ali Ibrahima inna kahmidun majid Once we make istighfar and tawbah We must remove all disobedience from our lives And then we must do the following Inshallah to change our personal and collective destiny. I remind myself and you that this is a world of action. Nothing will happen unless we do something. The first thing we must do is eliminate shirk and bidat from our lives. Eliminate all joining of partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in any shape or form. And eliminate all bidat, eliminate all practices that Rasulullah did not do with regard to worship. And earn and eat only halal. Fulfill all faraid. Whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made compulsory, we must, we must do that. And this is important because the dua of those who earn and eat haram is not accepted. So tawbah and istighfar is the beginning. Second, dua. Make tahajjud fard on yourself. And make dua. If you really want something and if you are not praying tahajjud and making dua, then you don't really want it. It's as simple as that. The test of really, do you really want something? Test yourself. If you are not waking up for tahajjud, you are not making dua for that, you don't really want it. You are just talking about it. So make tahajjud fard on yourself. Dua is the most powerful tool that a believer has. Rasulullah said dua is the weapon of the believer. It's a direct line of communication between us and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah said, Ud'uni astajib lakum. Ask me, I will give you. So let us ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number three, awareness. Learn. Get knowledge. There is no substitute for knowledge. Ignorance is not cute. It's ugly and revolting. Gigo principle, garbage in, garbage out, works in life as it does in programming. 
Quality is not an option. Quality is essential because only quality works. Number four, get involved at all levels in all activities that serve society, win hearts and build credibility. Islam must, be, must become visible in all its beauty and become synonymous with compassion, helping, standing for justice and so on. As citizens, you have a stake in the welfare of this land, so work for it. <clears throat> and number five, build positive relationships with others. And that is why interfaith relations, participating in community activities, town hall meetings, being on school boards, social work, establishing Muslim soup kitchens, hospices, seniors' homes, and so on, is so important. All these are also excellent dawa opportunities. Incidentally, as I am speaking, we do not even have one of these. Not one. Think about that. <coughs> because the rule is, first win hearts, then change destiny. Politics is critically important. You may not be interested in politics, but politics is interested in you. Those who say that they are not interested in politics are like sheep saying, I'm not interested in the wolf. There is a word for that. Dinner. If you want to survive and prosper and not become somebody's dinner, you must learn how to do politics and do it with integrity, with honesty. Politics is dirty because it is full of dirty people. <coughs> to clean politics, you have to fill that space with clean people. I'm sorry, there are no choices. I don't make the rules. I'm just telling you what the rules are. Don't believe me? Continue to do what you're doing? As I told you, 100 years from now? My brothers and sisters, there are only two kinds of people in society. The influencers... And by that, I don't mean Kim Kardashian. There are only two kinds of people in society. The influencers and the influenced. Decide which one you want to be. Because isolation is suicide. History teaches one critical lesson. Only those who contribute are valued. Only they have leverage. Only they are influential. Only they have power. The religion or ethnicity doesn't matter. What matters is their contribution to society on a global or local scale. Ask, what are we contributing today? And then ask, is it enough? As I mentioned, the Sira points to three critical initiatives. But before we go there, a word of caution. When you hear an idea which looks difficult or impossible to you, ask yourself, how can I make this work? Don't waste your time with all the reason it, reasons it won't work. Because until the Wright brothers invented the first plane, flying was an impossible idea. Everything is impossible until it is done. Experience is the picture in the rear view mirror. It tells us what we did, not what we are capable of doing in the future. Present circumstances don't decide if you will succeed or fail. They only decide where you need to start. 
When Rasulullah stood on Safa and called the people to Islam, and his own uncle denounced him, who would have thought that a day would come when every fourth person walking on this planet would be a Muslim? Our job is to do our best and leave the rest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tests our commitment, not our resources. The three things, build the ummah. Rethink how we address differences among ourselves and speak the language of togetherness, not the language of division. It may be tough, but there is no other way. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, إِنَّمَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ إِخْوَةٌ فَأَسْلِحُوا بَيْنَ أَخَوَيْكُمْ وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ لَعَلَّكُمْ تُرْحَمُونَ The believers are but one brotherhood. So make peace between your brothers. And be mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that you may be shown mercy. Learn to disagree without being disagreeable. Learn to forgive and not carry grudges. Learn to communicate powerfully. It's not genetic. It has to be learned. Focus on common problems and how to solve them and not on differences, especially in Aqidah, because there are no solutions to that. Establish problem-solving structures and learn the tools to solve problems. Because without unity, we are toast. Number two, central fund. I suggested a way. Every Muslim man, woman or child must donate the price of one cup of Dunkin' Donuts coffee, which is $5, to a central fund every day. $5 a day. If you think that won't work, <clears throat> find a way that will work. But do it. The way is not important. The central fund is important. Because without assured funding, long-term projects are impossible to plan and execute. Sporadic charity is not enough. Muslim organizations globally don't seem to understand this with predictable results. Harvard, on the other hand, has a endowment fund of 50.7 billion. 50.7 billion. But interestingly and very surprisingly, I don't know how many of you know this, it wasn't started when Harvard started 400 years ago. This fund was started in 1974. 1974 to 2024 is 50 billion dollars. Yeah? That's, that's more than the GDP of some countries. It can be done. It can be done. It needs will. Final one, leadership structure. And this is perhaps the hardest for us because everyone is a Khalifa. We are all used to having things our own way. That has to change. That has to change. It's very strange that obedience is an exception among people whose name is Muslim. The one who submits. And whose iconic symbol is the sajda. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu, atiu allaha wa atiu rasula wa ulil amri minkum. فَإِن تَنَازَعْتُمْ فِي شَيْءٍ فَرُدُّهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُبِنُونَ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ ذَلِكَ خَيْرٌ وَأَحْسَنُ تَهْوِيلًا Allah said, O believers, obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and obey His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and obey those who are in authority among you. Should you disagree on anything, then refer back to Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam which is the Quran and the Sunnah. If you truly believe in Allah in the last day, this is the best and fairest solution. In conclusion, leadership is important 
but followership is even more important. Without good followers, the best of leaders will fail. And that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the blessed generation of the Sahaba as examples for all mankind. The truth is that today's situation is much less difficult than the situation that Rasulullah faced in the 7th century. Much less difficult, not more difficult. Much less difficult. He showed us a way. He was successful. And therefore, inshallah, we will be successful if we follow his way. ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إنا كنا من الظالمين رب قل وارحمه أنت خير الرحمين يا عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يعمر بالأذل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينحان الفحشاء والمنكر والباغي يعيذكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم عدوا يستجيب لكم ولا ذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعه أخي مسلم